0: Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur podcast. Mormon Mompreneur is a home for women of faith who desire to be strengthened in motherhood and empowered in business. We thrive off of talking with other women with unique experiences and vision who have felt guided by the divine to bring about remarkable things at home and abroad. Welcome to the Mormon Mompreneur podcast. I am delighted to introduce you to Jessica. Jessica is actually in London right now and she is the face behind the Bucket List family. If you have not gotten to meet the Bucket List family, you have got to jump on Instagram. They are worth every second of your time to see this incredible experience that they've had. And if you don't know who they are, we're actually going to start right off with talking about what they do kind of as a family. It is the most incredible, incredible story I was excited to pair up with them about a year ago when I saw this article about this family that was about to jump on a crazy, crazy adventure, and to be able to watch them grow for over a year has been exceptional. So welcome, welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for being willing to jump on and chat with us.
1: Thank you. You're super sweet. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm glad we could chat.
0: Absolutely. So the best place to start, especially for those of our listeners who are brand new to the Bucket List family, is what do you guys do as a family and how in the world did this happen?
1: So about a year ago, I suppose it was August 2015, my husband and I decided that we wanted to travel. We were in kind of a unique situation, unique point in our lives where my husband was done at school. He had been playing soccer at BYU and he had had a company and sold it. And so we were really blessed financially and we just didn't know what we wanted to do. We didn't know where we wanted to be. And like a lot of people in this situation kind of would go buy a house or go buy a boat. Once you get money, you think you need to go buy things, <laughs> but that didn't feel right. And so we decided to put everything away in savings and we sold everything. Well, maybe like 99.9% of our stuff and then use that money to fund an adventure around the world. We set off as a family vacation to travel basically around the South Pacific for five months. Over time, it's just evolved. We came home for Christmas. That was the initial plan. And after about five months, we decided we were really loving it. And it's evolved into this sort of business now where we're social media influencers, and we work with brands and hotels and airlines, and they sponsor us and that allows us to keep traveling so we still haven't dipped into any of our savings and we've been able to travel the world and have some really great adventures we've had some really cool service projects that we've been able to do while we travel we focus on three things adventuring together and trying new things and then number two is seeing new cultures and experiencing new cultures And then number three is trying to do service wherever we go, whether that's a service project or just always being like worthy of the spirit and listening to the spirit as to like whom we can help, whether that's a waitress at a restaurant or a taxi driver. We're always trying to, you know, see who we can help out.
0: I love imagining in my mind you two having your husband's business being sold and you're sitting in this situation. Was it one conversation that sort of sparked let's do this, or were there fears associated? Whose idea was this? It's
1: funny, because we'd never ever said, like, let's go travel the world. Like that was like, we love traveling. We've traveled quite a bit. This was never a goal of ours. My husband worked for the company that he had sold his app to. And after about four months, he just felt it wasn't right. It wasn't a good place for him or our family. And he wanted to go back and play soccer at BYU, because he hadn't finished his senior year, right before he sold his company he was about to finish his senior year of soccer at BYU and you know he quit soccer to to sell his company we moved to Los Angeles and we lived there for a little bit while he worked for the acquiring company after a little bit we just felt it wasn't right and it's not what made him happy and he wanted to go finish his senior year of soccer at BYU (laughs) so we moved back to Provo and I was very apprehensive at first because I felt you know I loved my time at BYU but I felt like we were going backwards in life and I didn't want to go back to Provo and he had said well let's plan on traveling so that's kind of how it came up it was my husband's idea to say you know like let's not get stuck you know because I think it's kind of easy to like get in Provo and be there for forever <laughs> any comfort
0: zone really surrounded yeah
1: good members friends you know soccer and stuff and you know I just didn't want that for the next 10 years. I'd been in Provo for 12 years on and off. And so I was like, no. Anyway, he had the idea. And then we kind of just embraced it. And there were a few places and things on his bucket list that he wanted to do and see. And I had the same thing. And that kind of ended up over in the South Pacific. My husband really wanted to swim with the humpback whales. I really wanted to go to New Zealand. I really wanted to see the Lantern Festival in Thailand. Sure. So we just made a five month trip out of it, then decided in December, we would come home and reevaluate. And then when we came home in December, we just decided that we were really happy and kept going. And now, you know, we're 15 months into this, and I don't think we have any sign of stopping anytime soon.
0: And that was going to be one of my questions is, is there an end in sight? And it sounds like you're loving where you're at.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it, I have my struggles and there's obviously like trials that kind of come along with this and just hardships of things that you're missing out on. But we feel so blessed to be in the situation that so few people can be in the situation. And so I'm just trying to show my gratitude by taking advantage of it and doing my best with what I've been given right now. With that said, I mean, my biggest concern right now is my children and their social development, their education, and stuff like that. And so like, I, I think the only thing that'll take us back home, wherever that is, would be, you know, maybe getting my daughter in school, maybe sometime next year, but I'm sure we'll always travel. I think our life will be quite unconventional.
0: And if anyone so. had talked to you five years ago and said, it was your goal to be a professional traveling family, you probably oh my would gosh. Have
1: just laughed no out way. loud. No way, no way. Well, and you know and my my mother-in-law she's incredible and she actually has a travel television show on PBS so Garrett grew up traveling his whole life with her wow.
0: and it's in we've, his blood.
1: Been, yeah, <laughs> we've been yeah we've been I've been able to go on a few trips with her she's the one who introduced me to Tahiti and now that's like our favorite place but initially kind of watching her lifestyle like it wasn't something that I like wanted for myself and so it's just funny to me that that this has happened and if someone told me that I'd be living out of four suitcases for a year and a half then I would probably just laugh. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And I don't want to disregard one of the things you just mentioned because you have a ton of followers and like you said you're a social media voice and influencer, but some of our listeners, this may be the first time they hear about you and your family and you have kids. You've got two mm-hmm. kids. And mm-hmm that to me, I mean, you hear, oh, they get to travel professionally. That's awesome. I would I would do that in a heartbeat. And then you say two kids and not only two kids but two young kids. Two young kids. We're talking yeah.
1: diapers even. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Were there fears that settled into that with we are traveling with two kids or were you like now yeah. or never?
1: Yeah, and I mean now looking back, I'm like, we were crazy because we left when my daughter was three and my son had just turned one and like that, you know, so that one to two age is very hard. You know, they can't talk, they can't understand, and they're just difficult. So looking back, you know, I'm happy with how good we did, but I don't know if I'd recommend traveling with a one-year-old to anybody else. Even now. But, uh,
0: even, Even now, now it's hard, it. but
1: now, but now it's fine. Like now my son Manila, he's really getting his own personality. He understands, he can communicate it's so much easier, but I mean, yeah, we definitely had our challenges with him and his like age. That was difficult, but of course I was my number one concern was their safety. And I was just super nervous about anything from malaria to trafficking to, you know, like, just Some like huge any... world problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge world problems. And then like, as a mom, I'm sure you know, like, if you don't see your child for like, four seconds, like the worst thing pops into your head. I'm like, what is they're that gone? Me? And they're yeah. gone forever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so like, I had a lot of those concerns. But you know, bad stuff happens everywhere. So it just kind of made me realize, like, mothering is hard. And mothering has its challenges. It doesn't matter if I'm back at home in my apartment in Provo, Utah, or if I'm at a hotel in Krabi, Thailand, it, just, it doesn't matter. Like, kids are going to throw tantrums, kids are going to learn because they're going to grow wherever you are. It's just you make what you have out of it.
0: So why not have them tantrum in London, right? If they're gonna tantrum? Yeah, right? If if
1: there's no tantrum, they can throw it today at Harry Potter World, which is what happened. Fantastic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great perspective. I mean, I feel like I can't go to Costco without being scared.
1: (laughs) Your kids throw tantrums at Costco, and my kids throw tantrums at Harry Potter World. So be brave,
0: (laughs) regardless.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Parenting is hard. Mothering is hard, no matter where you are.
0: You've obviously seen your kids in some really unique incredible situations. But what about your marriage? Has your marriage been enhanced by this
1: experience? If this was ever a hindrance on our marriage, we would have stopped a long time ago. We both feel very, very blessed that our relationship is such that we can spend a ton of time together and we don't get sick of each other. You know, we've had a lot of people say like, I couldn't spend 24 seven with my spouse, or I don't want to spend 24 seven with my spouse. But we do like we love it. We don't get sick of each other. And now it's like we're working together, which is something we've done in the past. You know, when my husband first had his company scan that he had sold years before, I had started to help him with a bunch of stuff because I had a similar background in tech and web. And after a little bit of time, I realized I don't want this relationship. But now like it's just kind of been thrust upon us and we're doing our best to work together, you know, so my husband does all the creative, does all the photography, all the video editing. And then I manage everything. I manage all the brands, I manage all the relationships, all the travel, all the details of everything. And so it's just kind of been funny how our marriage again has been turned into a working relationship as well. So we really do our best to put our marriage and that good relationship first.
0: Absolutely. And many of our listeners, in fact, most of them have some sort of business. These are women that, Um, Mm -hmm. Have small businesses to huge businesses and are most likely married with spouses and what what would you recommend to those women as far as conversations that they should have with their spouse about being a working mom how can you make it work in a way that both of you are on board and supporting one another what needs to happen in that kind of a conversation
1: Just being open and transparent and letting each other know what your goals are. And I've told my husband, like, I'm really enjoying myself right now and all the things that we're doing and experiencing. But to me, like, I don't want to work. I want to be a mother. That's my personal opinion, you know, like, and it is hard for me. I spend so much more time now replying to emails as opposed to, you know, sitting and playing with my children. So working on that balance and you know figure out what do you want to be spending your time on and what's going to make you happy if you're spending time on what makes you happy then your spouse is going to be happy because you're happy you know that
0: age-old phrase if mom's happy everybody's happy right totally
1: totally totally you know and it's the same thing like we've seen that before with my husband when he was working in LA you know and he wasn't happy and he came home just kind of upset and it like brought the whole house down so if like you or your husband aren't happy with your life then you need to figure out what you need to do to make each other happy and then you'll have a happier family
0: do you feel like you've perfected that art of balance with oh no way jose no way jose (laughs) (laughs) let's put the g word out there do you have guilt sometimes about the time spent and
1: how do you tackle it i think that's like a literally like a daily mom battle there's always so much to do always so much to do and then you always want to spend time with your kids i mean i remember back at home it's like i can clean my house and i can get these errands done and neglect my kids and let them sit and watch the disney channel all day or i can play with my kids my house is a mess you know like you never feel like you're enough it's just something we as women do to ourselves which isn't a good thing anyway. But it's so
0: uplifting to hear somebody else say that that there's always times in which stuff has to get done. And then there's times in which you just have to let go. And let the house happen.
1: Literally a daily battle. You know, every day, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. You know, you're always gonna like not feel like you're enough. And I think that's just definitely Satan doing his work on women, because he knows where our vulnerabilities are. Absolutely. And guilt's a big trigger for
0: that. I'm sure for lots of us. You did mention that you love to focus. Kind of your your whole idea is: can we find adventure, culture, and service everywhere that you go? What have been some of the most memorable things? I mean, that's so hard to pin. That I'm sure
1: our top thing we've done was swimming with the humpback whales in Tonga. We dove with the sperm whales in Dominica. We sat on a beach and watched a giant leatherback turtle lay their eggs in the middle of the night. We've dove with pilot whales. We've dove with dolphins. We love water. (laughs) We're water
0: people. Absolutely.
1: We've done skydiving. We've done bungee jumping. Just all the adventure. And then culture, you know, we've gone to the Lantern Festival. We've done just, you know, going to a bunch of markets, learning how to cook in different places. We try to learn new skills. We've learned Muay Thai in Thailand. We've learned surfing in Australia. We've done kite surfing and Turks and Caicos. So we try to find like what people do in certain places and like what skills we can learn as we're like learning about the culture. You know, we go to church every Sunday or every Sunday that we can and a different ward. Which is awesome. And it's been really fun to see like the different dynamics that different cultures have in the gospel. It's really cool. The last thing is service, and we've had some incredible service opportunities. One of the biggest things we did was when we teamed up with effect.org in Nepal and we spent a week learning about human trafficking. And that was by far the hardest week we've had. But you know, with them we raised fifty thousand dollars and are able to build a school in India to, you know, help bring more education to those people incredible uh, and you know and thereby hoping to prevent child trafficking human trafficking so that was cool you know we spent two weeks in czech republic working with a bunch of lds business people from eastern europe which garrett and i both served our missions in russia so you know a handful of the students were russian and we spent two weeks tutoring the students and helping them grow their businesses and mentor them
0: and that was so fun that is amazing to make those connections and just yeah, put your that's hands cool. all around yeah, the
1: world. We've really, you know, we've done some orphanages and we've done some schools. But, you know, I think my favorite is mentor students and mentor people, you know, because it wasn't, you know, what, three or four, five years ago that he was in their shoes, you know, and trying to grow a business. And so that's been fun. We went to an incubator and startup hub in Athens, Greece the other week. And that was so cool. So just, you know, like using whatever talents and expertise you have, wherever you are.
0: Most of our listeners, like I said, are business owners, um, but they are also moms and they would pretty much give anything to be able to bring in adventure and to bring in culture and to have their kids participate in service and all those things where money is a huge obstacle. How can they still offer those things to their family?
1: Obviously, not everybody's in the situation where they can travel like this. Yes, we sold everything and that paid for everything. But, you know, we still have our savings that we can go back to. But I firmly believe that anybody can travel, whether that's within their own country or out of the country. You just have to be willing to make the sacrifices necessary. I mean, especially, I feel, as Americans... It's just kind of in our culture to buy things. We just, we acquire things. We're used to like kind of the luxuries that a lot of places in the world aren't. You can always cut back on like meals out, on shopping, on groceries, you know, like I think if you make family travel and family adventure a priority, there's ways Absolutely, ways to like make it work. You know, my sister's a great example of this. She's getting her PhD, her husband's an entrepreneur, but they go out every weekend and they adventure and they camp and they hike. There's so many adventures to be had in your backyard. Doesn't matter where you are, where you live. So, whether that's like internationally or not, if you make travel a priority, then you'll be able to achieve it.
0: I love how you talk about how we're used to a certain way of life in America and you've had this experience to really see how. Most of the rest of the world lives with so much less stuff. Is yeah. there anything you miss that you sold? Is there anything your heart I mean, just breaks to think about?
1: America is very convenient. And I miss a lot of those conveniences. I miss being able to hop on Amazon Prime and order my diapers and order, you know, like, <laughs> sure. whatever I need. I miss my, like, good blender that's sitting in my parents' house that I didn't get rid of. <laughs>
0: Should we do a product um, placement? Is it a, is it a Vitamix?
1: <laughs> it, yeah, <laughs> or my Blendtec or whatever it is. But no, you know, like it was a really interesting exercise to sell everything. And it, at first I had told my husband, no, no, like let's not. I'm down to sell a lot of stuff, but I'm much more moderate than him. My husband is very extreme and I am like the queen of moderation. Okay. And, uh, you know, but he was the one who was like, put it all up for sale. And it was such a good exercise for me to know to realize that things are just things, you know, and in this life, it's not what matters. I had these plates that my mom had gotten me for my wedding and I loved them, they're beautiful plates, but I never used them. And we had moved maybe seven times in our marriage and I always brought these plates with me and I like had such a hard time parting with them, but why, like they're just plates.
0: Right, I was going to ask you that. What about really sentimental things? I have my MTC mission tag still, and I, you know, some things that remind you of
1: you which know my yeah, grandfather, yeah, which, like, that's you my wanna hero. Keep, you want to keep them, but at the same time, you are like it sits in a box. That's what it does, day. and so it's just like okay, like let's just get rid of it. Or like we're starting to like digitize our old mission journals, and just being able to keep stuff that we can still keep, but you know, getting rid of the clutter and the junk that is just plates, you know, like it doesn't matter. And the only thing, again, that does matter is our relationships and the memories that we make with those that we love. It was a very interesting exercise that we did when we sold everything. And it was very hard. But now looking back, I'm like, I oh, don't, I don't miss it. I don't think about it. It's not a big deal. They're just plates. You know, They're just, plates. <laughs> just live that way.
0: It's just plates that you're giving away. Yeah. So you're a Mormon. You've been on a mm-hmm. mission. You've got a great husband, a great marriage, great kids, and this adventure. How have you seen the Lord's hand in your business?
1: You know, it's just kind of been interesting how my, like you were, like I was saying, like how my life has evolved. It's not what I thought would happen, but you know, there are like little miracles that happen that are kind of just like, okay, like we're on the path, like we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, especially with service. That's been like the number one way for me that I've been able to really continue to build my relationship with Heavenly Father, that if I am constantly asking and seeking and being willing to serve, then Heavenly Father has blessed me with opportunities that just blow me away every time, like the love and how much our heavenly father loves each of his children you know and how he's thinking about all of us you know we just need to be willing to to act on it and that's been my favorite favorite thing to hear you know the stories from people that we've served some really cool things written down in my journal of how heavenly father i know loves me but also loves other people my other brothers and sisters
0: I love that and I just have this imagery of you being with so many of Heavenly Father's children from all over the world and being granted with those, those experiences. What if some of our listeners wonder if they're doing the right thing? As a mom, how they're parenting or whether they should be in business or whatever. How would you guide them to find
1: out? The way that the Spirit specifically works with me is that rarely am I told yes or no. For the most part, I am just stopped. I get that stupor of thought. I get that this doesn't feel right when something is not right. And sometimes I don't get an answer. I don't get it right away. And that's most of the time what happens. And so I've learned to be obedient and be faithful and to say my prayers and to, just to be worthy of that answer. When we are making the decision, do we continue traveling or do we, you know, move here? Do we do that? You know, like we. We made our decision and we kind of pressed forward not really having like an exact answer but knowing that the lord would stop us if something was wrong
0: and you haven't had that happen at this point
1: no i mean like still so far like we still feel good about it you know there's not hasn't been any stop right this second and go home there was one day that was such a hard day it was a travel day and we had flights canceled and kids screaming. And it was just awful. And I remember looking to my husband and being like, let's like, I'm done. Like, let's just go home. And then I had the thought, we don't have a home. <laughs> and I got so, so sad. But then I looked at my crazy fallen apart husband and two children and just realized like, this is home wherever we are together is home and it like nothing else matters.
0: And that is a question that one of our Listeners submitted. We gave them the option to submit questions. What would you ask her if you could chat with her? And oh, cool. they, they said, Where is home and where will be home? Do you feel like you have a home base?
1: No, we And don't. is that okay? Right now, it's okay. It's okay. You know, like we're excited to go see family and friends over Christmas, but home right now we're in a great apartment in London England and this is home at the end of every day whether that's our apartment or our hotel room that's our home and and it's okay and like even getting into your apartment or hotel room at the end of the day it just it feels good
0: will you just open up the back end of your business for a minute one of our Uh listeners submitted a question about like how does this work with brands and and how like maybe this is something she's actually a fashion blogger And uh she's interested in wanting to connect with brands, and big and small, and and build her business that way. But maybe in a more general sense, how does the back end of your business work? Do you
1: have a team? Is it just you and your husband? Just my husband and I. (laughs) When we first started just wanting to leverage whatever social media following we had, we maybe had 12,000 followers on Instagram, We were back in Thailand and I was like, you know what, let's just message some hotels to see if we can get those stays. Like, just ask, like that's all you gotta do. If they say no, no big deal. Sending an email is not scary. So I messaged maybe 20 hotels in Thailand and I heard back from two or three of them and they said, yeah, we'll give you a stay In exchange for you covering it on your blog or on your social media or on your YouTube or whatever. But then over time, you know, we still just would reach out to more and more companies. It was like, if I need to go buy my kids some new clothes, like, might as well reach out to some like children's clothing brands to see if they'd want to collaborate. And, they did. And it was awesome to be able to not have to pay for my kids' shoes because I had a great freshly picked that would sponsor us.
0: Absolutely. Who's another Mormon mompreneur, I believe. Yeah, she's awesome. We love Susan. <laughs> and with the power of that social media, like you said, emails aren't scary, but you can feel inadequate. You can feel, oh, you know, they're going to see that I have 402 followers or 102 followers. And they're not going to want anything to do with me. You talk about leveraging social media. What advice would you give for these small business owners to boost what they're doing and the message they're trying to give?
1: Social media is just so, so powerful right now. It's kind of like the way things are moving, you know, and working with influencers, I think is so beneficial, you know, and then if you are or want to be an influencer, you know, just reaching out and networking with anybody and everybody. Give me an example of that. I mean, so for us, we were are in travel and so we would message any type of travel Instagram account and just see if they would want to repost our picture. And so some something of them that would, simple, repost our yeah, picture. Just say, "Hey, you know, beautiful destinations or travel and leisure or Geo, or even just small ones, you know, there's a bunch of smaller accounts that are looking for great content." And if you're willing to create content or pictures or blog posts or whatever, um, people are always looking for content. And you know, you can do that for free and that just helps you grow and it builds your following. So there's so many different things you can do to build that. And then for us, the most powerful tool has been PR, has been finding um, journalists who want to write about you. And having that unique angle there's a lot of families that travel a lot there are but you know kind of having your unique story you know the millionaires who sold everything to travel the world who do service you know like that's kind of a unique angle instead of just being a traveling family which is what we are but you know we we try to make ourselves stand out and that has given us a lot of really great coverage from. CNBC and people and Daily Mail and I mean all sorts of different places and so my biggest piece of advice would be to make your story unique and and they don't need to make it up you just need to you know be remarkable that's what my husband always says be remarkable and do something remarkable
0: love that and and I think that we get into this norm like I, I'm a mom and I'm just ordinary and this is my life and I'm married and it's boring and they just need to take the time to dig and pray about it and say, How am oh, I totally. remarkable?
1: What's my Well, edge? And even like you know, yeah, if anybody has any questions, just have them call me and I'll tell them why they're remarkable. Because I, I think as women we just get so hard on ourselves and thinking we're not unique or we're nothing special. But even just being a stay at home mom who started something incredible. And that's how all these stories get started anyway. You know, when I do think of like Susan from Freshly Picked, I know that she's a mom who made some shoes, you know, like out of some leather that she had at her house. And she turned that little story into something like newsworthy and has grown into a fabulous business.
0: Absolutely. And yet if Susan were to think back, and I don't know if this is her specific story, but how easy would it be for her to sit there and say, I'm just a mom making shoes out of leather? and it can sound so ordinary and
1: you know what and that's me because I again like I said I'm the moderate person in my family my husband is always the one who tells the story so brilliantly he's the one who makes us like stand out and unique whereas I'm just like but we didn't sell everything we have you know a few boxes and (laughs) we sold everything
0: (laughs) I'd love to know what is in those few shoe boxes actually (laughs)
1: It's it's literally like mission journals and the stuff that you were saying is not ready to be parted with yet because we haven't digitized it.
0: Please put it on social media when you do get home so we can all know <laughs> what what's truly valued over there.
1: Yeah, it's pr- you know what? And now looking back, I almost would like to go through those boxes now, and I would be so much more willing to throw them out.
0: Yeah, I don't even want to show you my house right now. Let's just uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's shut this down real quick. I'm so inspired by your message that. You are extraordinary and call me and I will tell you why you're extraordinary. And Sherry Dew has been quoted to say that there is a full-blown attack out on women in the world. And what is your message to women who just they want to be extraordinary and they're not feeling it? How do you feel God feels about women?
1: Like I had said, I think Satan is just going to town on women right now. He knows our biggest vices. He knows how we have that overwhelming feeling of inadequacy, how we sometimes get jealous, how we sometimes get our backbiting, you know, just like the women (laughs) things that we tend to do. Girls are
0: mean. Isn't that what we're
1: told? Yeah. And he just digs in. And so if you can just change your perspective on how wonderful you are and how wonderful everyone is. We had the great opportunity to travel with Kara Loren. She's a fashion and lifestyle blogger in Utah and she's beautiful and incredible. And they came to Turks and Caicos with her and we hadn't met them when they came. It was very much like a, Hey, come and join us. And they were like, okay. And I was so incredibly impressed with her and her family with how supportive they were of every other fashion blogger. They were never backbiting. They were never talking down. They were never upset by any girl who just wanted to be a fashion blogger. She was just so, so supportive of everybody. And it made me happy because you would sometimes think that girls can be so catty, especially when it comes to deal with fashion or style and looks and stuff. I don't know why I expected Kara to be a little bit more shallow or whatever, but she was the most positive, optimistic, encouraging girl that I've met in a very long time.
0: That's remarkable. And in that same breath, we're all trying to further the work of the Lord in a 1000 different ways, and yeah. find happiness and passion and whether it's your business or mothering or faith or whatever it may be. And there's rules in business. And some people feel that you should be very careful and calculated about the opportunities you say yes to and other people that say, say yes to everything and do that. Do you side one way or the other? Like, how do you decide? I you, I you know, get 100 my...
1: emails a day. How do you say yes? How do you say no? My husband is 100% a yes man. He says yes to everything. And I am a mom and a woman, so I'm a little bit more like, let's think logistically before we, you know, agree to things. (laughs) But it's been great to see that just by simply saying yes, like some of the opportunities that it's provided us, you know. When we went to uh, the Czech Republic, we had been reached out to by an LDS guy. And he said, I have a business school for, you know, Eastern Europeans. I would love you to come and mentor. And we just, we didn't know much about what was happening and what was going on. And we just said yes, because it kind of worked with our schedule. And we showed up and it was one of the best experiences we've had because, you know, we worked with 30 students who were just working hard at their businesses and they were, most of them were members of the church. And it was just a great, great opportunity. And that was just one of those times where we just were like, okay, we'll show up. You know, so, so often just showing up can completely change your life and somebody else's life. You don't need to know every little detail of what's happening or what's going on and what will happen, which sometimes if you're a control freak, like, like I can often be, it hinders you. And so if you're just willing to say yes more often and just show up, then you will be much, much happier. My husband is grinning at me as I say this.
0: Has this been an area of growth for you?
1: (laughs) This has been an area of growth for me, yes.
0: That's the real optimistic way to say it, right? (laughs) I've grown a lot in this area. (laughs) And, you know, to tie that in with what you were saying about this wonderful fashion blogger, to show up and have no judgment, to just be ready to offer and expect the best.
1: Yeah, just being willing to help and give and not always get just being able to talk to more people we've loved like some of the people that we've come in contact with who just send an email you know and I'm never ever the type of person that's just gonna like message somebody that I follow on social media like I just wouldn't do that but I am so impressed with the people who do that for us, who have said, this is how you've changed my life. This is how you've influenced me. That that means so, so much to us. The mom who says, my daughter learned how to swim because you posted those videos of Dorothy learning how to swim. Or me and my husband are now working on our health because you and your husband work on your health together. And just like it's things like that. I went out and bought a GoPro this weekend so I can make videos like you guys, like That's the type of stuff that I'm like, man, this is worth what I'm doing. Just to be an influence for good, an advocate for family, is a very great blessing. And you
0: have done that. I hope one day you can look back and see the reach. And I know one of our listeners mentioned that how ironic it is that she was outside in her backyard and her kids were running around on the swing set and those things. And she was looking at your Instagram account and just saw how together you guys were and she said I couldn't picture you two staring at your phones all day when you're in Rome and uh-huh. and th- what it made her do is it made her look at this picture of your family together and making memories and it made her put her phone down and put she the said, phone down. please let well, Jessica know that I am oh, less addicted cool. to my phone and that's powerful in this day and age that's cool, that's cool to hear So if you can influence moms to be putting down their phones more and connecting with their kids more, I mean, what other great message can you be carrying? It's impressive.
1: This past Sunday, we did a 50th YouTube video and I watched it so many times and I still just keep watching it over and over. And every time I watch it, I just like start to cry because I'm like, holy cow, like nobody gets to do this. Like most people don't even do this an entire lifetime, let alone a year, let alone with their husband and two kids. You know, like I am so overwhelmingly grateful for what has happened this last year. It's been remarkable
0: to watch. And just in closing with it, with, you know, you taking the step back and seeing all this happen, we may have a lot of listeners who are just feel like they're on the brink of a great idea and on the brink of something, but they've got fear and it's outside their comfort zone. What do you
1: say? I say, do what my husband says and, you know, say yes, you know, and show up and be present and be remarkable. Get out of your comfort zone and you will be shocked at what can happen. My husband is just laughing at me this whole time. Stop it. You get out of here. Why is he laughing? Because this is what he tells me on a daily basis. I'm always the one with like the questions and the concerns and the doubts and the fears. And he's always the one that's like, it's going to be okay. Just... Work harder, do more, and put yourself out there.
0: <laughs> I think we married similar men, and I'm so Did grateful you? for it. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I'm the one, if he's six minutes late like, coming home, I, I think he's dead in a ditch somewhere. See? That's me.
1: It's, it's a mom <laughs> thing and a girl thing.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> You're in good company. I am sure of it. <laughs> this has been extraordinary. I just feel totally inspired to do better, to work harder, and just showing up And that these opportunities can happen in so many of our lives if we just prioritize it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll just cheer you on on your adventures as long (laughs) as they may take you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Mormon Mompreneur Podcast. Check out our other episodes and learn from other women of faith, motherhood, and business as they share their unique stories and experiences. Go to www.mormonmompreneur.com or the iTunes store to learn more.